Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Shai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are, and it's such an honor and privilege privilege to be with you here. Maka Fleischer joins me as well. Shalom, Hello Maka. there. Happy, beautiful summer day. Yes, God bless you, Maka. It is a beautiful summer day here in the land of Israel. Uh, it is the, I have a name for the summer, Maka. I call it the summer of VIPs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody who's like not been in Israel for two and a half years is like in this summer, and and not everybody, but I, I, a lot of people, a lot of people. And they're like and they're all like, hey, I've got I've got five minutes to visit you today. Yes, Can I come in, in 23 minutes? I'm going to be in right where you are. Are you right, right there? <laughs> That's right. And also I got press people being like, hey, I want to do a story. And I, I, I actually helped the press do a story about about Hebron youth. And it was so funny because I had them, I didn't even, I, I, you know what? I didn't even watch the interviews. I like walked away so that I wouldn't be worried about what they said. <laughs> they just like all these young high school kids that I have them working uh, uh, the summer uh, to beautify Hebron. Uh, they were interviewing for the media, but there's all kinds of folks in town right now and everybody wants, a, wants something now. And you know what? But it's awesome. And they're all like, you see them, they got like, you know, the, the swarm of sauce dripping out the side of their mouth. Everyone's up and down and sideways sharing pictures of right, where like they're a, going. Like it's really good. It's old school. And I was in the old city the other day and I saw the like a site that I feel that I haven't seen in so long, which is like a bunch of people with fanny packs and hats clustered kind of together, looking around, walking slow. And then a tour guide with like one of those microphone pouchy things that, you know, uh, like a mega, not a megaphone. I, I just got one of those. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Dan Rosenstein from the Hebron Ooh. Fund got me one of those. What is it called? Uh, uh, that doesn't work. Um, this is an English show. It's like a, it's like a belt bullhorn, bullhorn yeah. on your belt, bullhorn belt thing. Yeah. Anyway, so and this lady is wait, like, wait, 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 and we're in Jerusalem. <laughs> wait, what do you call the headphone part of it? In Israel, in America, we call it like a headphone headset. Right, a headset. In Israel, we call it Madonna. Madonna. Madonna, which is what you... Exactly like, what you think it is. It, well, well, you might think it's like some kind of religious icon. No. No. It if means, you think that, you're wrong. No, it means Madonna means... What Madonna, Madonna would wear wears. during her concerts. <laughs> which dates us as a nation. As also. a nation. Listen, she, she, you know, she's still out there even. I have no idea. I don't know. It's like a prayer out there. I really don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, I saw these groups and it put like such a smile on my yeah. face. Yeah, definitely. Because I was just like, welcome back, people. That's right. Welcome back, groups right. of tourists with fanny packs. That's right. Yesterday, I had some Texas Christians, Baptists. Well, yeah, it's Texas. Who go around the world helping what does that mean? They do things like they've dug in the last five years, 65 wells around the world and have dug these wells and have created pumps for all what? kinds of tough places. Like, like fresh water. They yeah. help you. Wow. That's a big deal. I took fresh them, water is the biggest deal. Yeah. I, t- I took them to the, to the uh, spring of Abraham, Abraham oh, Spring. Oh, and they had what a lot did they to think of me. that? They thought it was great, but they had a lot to tell me. They did they give you advice me. about how to uh, rehabilitate that place? Uh, we're, yes, they did. They did. They, they, we spoke about it seriously and it was, it was good times. You know what? When it comes to Gentiles and, and especially Christian folks, there's really many different 
colors and kinds. Of course. Uh, they had the Texas, of course, being from Texas, they also had on their body somewhere. A symbol. A symbol of, of Texas. Texas. Well, right, because right, that's, that's, that's what Texas is about. Otherwise, you don't. You're not proud of yourself. Right. <laughs> so it's right. not good. So it's they bad. Were, they, like within you one represent within ten seconds, I knew they were from Texas because they literally had hats with Texas, up and down shirts and with Texas. Sure. Yeah, um, I love that. Um, I wish Israel was more like that. It, it really could. It be. will it really be. It will be. be. It will yeah. be. I mean, if we're not that, then the Palestine replacement. Narrative, They're great at that. Yeah. You they, took a picture of a very heinous uh, keychain. Yeah, that's right. That you bought off some kids on the street. In Hebron? Right. So that reminds me exactly. So this keychain thing has, what do they have, these pal- pro-Palestine folks, or the pals, as we say, the pallies, what do they have, or Phillies, yeah. right? What do they have? They have um, keychains that have uh, all of what would to all uh, perceivers look like the borders of the state of Israel, and yet the pla- flag of Palestine is over the whole thing. So I had another Christian and group. And you put that, that picture of the keychain up where? On your Twitter, on your Facebook, on your Instagram? I put it on my Twitter. I put it on my Twitter. Because I put like more angry little things on Twitter because uh, it's a more angry place. So, <laughs> so then I had this other group from not Notre Dame, but Notre Dame. Yes. Okay, if you say Notre, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is in Europe. Right. Notre Dame is in the United States. I was a bit confused about this issue. Okay. So I had a group of Notre Dame uh, uh, young people brought along with their professor, and they were not pro-Israel. They were an angry bunch. They were just like they were just like ticked off. And no matter what I would say, they just give me this face. There was like twenty of them. I could tell that three kids, three or four kids, were not with the angry version variety. They mm-hmm. like wanted to be persuaded they were just with the Middle East peace. So action. I just I, I just want to give uh, Yishai's tips for how to deal with with angry Israel haters. Uh, one of the things that I did once I once I like I was all smiles really. I no play no point like lost my cool or anything. And they also kept it pretty you know sturdy. Everyone you know, pretty, was respectful. Yeah, but respectful in like a professional kind of way, like not a respectful like let's be respectful like like, like okay like yeah, yeah we're not gonna be rude right. But so so when I identify that I'm dealing with a group like that. I hit them with a few things. One of the things I hit them with is I'm like, I really honor the fact that you're here in Israel trying to think about the issues of this region, but I just want to remind you that uh, inner city Chicago has like 500 deaths a year from gang violence, murders. And if you add it all together, there's like been a big uptick in gang violence and, and, and just related minority murders in cities like Atlanta. And then in a city that I didn't think of what had a problem called Milwaukee. You know, Milwaukee has Milwaukee. violence problems? Yeah. So that's Algonquin for that's right. the good land. The good land, right. So uh, please write in if you know what we have just referenced. <laughs> continue on, Isha. So wait, wait. No, it's not continue on. What is it? Carry on. Uh in any case, darn, any case, I'm missing it. Oh, oh, the Texan folks said, uh, "What did the what they say?" They said, "Like party uh, on, party on, Ishai. Party on, party Malka, on, party on, party on, Malka, for yep. sure." Um, back to the regular scheduled programming. <laughs> In any case, so, so Malka, you threw me off. I'm really so, sorry. Yeah, so the, these, your group, your group, yeah, your your anti mean group. So I'm I'm just like you knew you do know that there's a lot more violence. In inner city America, so if you want to solve a problem, because there's like a lot more people dying. Right, if you're trying to make some peace, right? And, there's a lot more violence. people dying in like your country. 
Right. In, and your, it, in your backyard. And then I'm like, and it's kind of funny for you guys to give a lot of advice when, when you're not managing not, your yeah, own issues in your so own, well. in your own like peaceful country when there's like you have no natural predators right you, you seem to to have a you know your problem so i'm just I, I i was nice to them i'm like i just want you to consider that like before solving other people's problems and uh, you know understanding our issues is a long thing since really we've been living in this place for like 3800 years and we've been living with the arabs for for uh, 1300 years so us and the muslims know each other so it's like I think that, and here's another line I said to them. I'm like, I think that the that the 400 million Arabs will figure out a way to deal with the 7 million Jews. Uh, and since we've dealt with each other for 1,300 years, I think we can work it out without foreign intervention. And I use the different country. I'm like, I don't think Denmark needs to help us figure this out. We'll figure it out, you know? Right. We'll, we'll figure it out. What would they think of that? Well, well, whatever they thought of that is I was hitting them over the head, gently but firmly. Like with a pillow. With a with a. Like with some some foam, but not a very soft foam. Right. I, I was letting them know that like don't get too uppity. <laughs> don't get too uppity around here. Like like God bless you, but you don't know diddly. Oh, right. I gave him another example of of this Danish girl who says to me, "I don't know much about the religious history of this place," and I'm just like, "You mean the history? Yeah, the yeah the history." history. And I said to her like, "But you really don't know that much about it." So and then she's like, "Well, I do know that uh, the League of Nations." created a mandate for Palestine for there to be a Palestine here. I'm like, are you, so are, then you literally know nothing. I'm like, are you joking me? I'm like a mandate for Palestine means the Jewish state of Israel. It just wasn't Did called she not Israel. Know that? No, she goes, no, you're wrong. What? I'm like, you have not read the next line of it. You didn't even read like, it. At least wiki it right. before you get here. No. Yeah. But they don't, they don't, they don't need to know facts. And it's not really important what the past was. She told me, she said, what's important is today. That I'm is, like, I said to her, that I said is to her, frightening. you know what I said to her? I'm like, that is colonialism. What you just said. You want to come to our region, tell us that the past is not important. You want to fix everything right now. Right. You, based on the fact with your that, like blondiness, you're going to come in here. Well, I, I called her a white colonialist a few times. <laughs> yeah, I, I said that to her. I'm like, I bet she Ooh, liked she, that. You should see her. They physically wince. You just go, you go, uh, you know, you're, you're a white colonialist. You're, you're coming here. You literally said you don't know. She goes, she goes, well, we, you know, we know. I'm like, you literally just said a minute ago that you don't know the history of this place. You don't know it. So you're coming here with solutions. You don't even understand who's what. You don't speak the languages. I said to her, I speak, I'm a, I'm a Jew, okay? The other guy's an Arab. We have, we, have, we have similar genetics, similar religions. We have been living with one another for 1,300 years, maybe much longer if you count it from the biblical period. So I think we understand each other much better than you, my white colonialist friend, okay? And, and Did she like melt into well, the ground? Well, what I think is as important sometimes is sometimes you got to bat them down a little bit. Sometimes you got you to gotta deflate them a little bit because they come in with their colonial haughtiness. Like they're going to like tell and it you. It really is true. Like when it's not, a, it's not just a tactic. Like what you're talking about are strategies to deal with people, but you're dealing with reality, meaning to say these people are coming into Israel and they're actually thinking that they can like wave their finger in your face. Right. When they legitimately do not, understand what's going on and don't exactly care right they just want to tell you what to do and that and and like be the decider and that is that is colonialism right so then so then so then this this from notre dame i i i was just go with yeah just it's american it's american this kid his name is amen so i'm like is that like from the bible like a man is that what he's like he looked at me like he wanted to like burn me down he goes it's irish it's 
E A M E N. Like A man. It's like okay, I'm okay. Yeah, like, like I'm great, you know? yeah. I'm like, okay, okay, bro, okay, go ahead. What's your question? She goes, You said earlier that that immigration immigration is one of the tactics of the jihad. He said that? I he said you said I oh, said. Oh, he earlier, said to you. He said, but you guys, you Zionists, you're the same thing. You guys have immigrated from Europe to this land, and your whole thing started in 1948, and now you've taken over other people's lands. Okay. So I said to them, I said to him, first thing is, you're right that part of immigration is indeed part of Zionism. And not everything that I say is part of the jihad means I'm like totally against it. Like, okay. Like, yeah, we right, are there coming are back strategies. home. Right. right. That, that's number one. Second thing I said to him, we're sitting right now in a synagogue built in 1540 by Jews in Hebron. I said to him, we're not, we didn't wake up one day and decide to immigrate and colonize a piece of land. We had two commonwealths here. We're from this land. Our language is from this region. Our peoplehood is from this region. You're sitting in a synagogue that's f- over 400 years old because we've always been coming to this region. Zionism doesn't start with Herzl, God bless him, a great hero in my opinion. It started with Abraham. It started certainly with the Jews that were kicked out by the Romans. I said, we've always been Zionists in the sense that we've always yearned to come back home. And I said to him, with respect, and I'm not saying that you're saying this, I said to him, but I, with respect, I want to say to you that the narrative that you spoke of, I'm not saying that that's what you believe, but the narrative that you spoke of is an anti-Semitic narrative. I said to him, to make it, make it that the Jews came to Israel in 1948, and that's when it all began, is an erasure of all of our history, it's an absurd replacement of, of, of all that we've been and all our connection to this land. And it is, it is a form of anti-Semitism to erase our connection. It's, it's, to, it's, 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 a, it's a gaslighting. Right, it's, a, it's, it's a directed against Jews. Right. Uh, and he uh, did not like that answer so much, although he was respectful. But the best part of the story is that at the very end, when we were walking, so somehow this Arab walks right next to me, and I said to him, hello, he says to me, hello. And we started Insta-chat. Just, an, just that it's you're the in the chat. middle of a tour. Um, well, we, we were walking. I was like, we weren't. I was walking them back to the tomb of the fathers and uh, mothers. So it wasn't. You weren't like speaking to the. I group. wasn't speaking to my. And and he goes to me. Where's this group from? I go. They're uh, from America. So he turns to them. He goes, "Hello, everybody." He says. He says. And you have no, You don't. Had you I met don't this, know this guy, guy before? Never met this guy before. He's there with How his old kids. Is he? Sixty. Okay. And he says. He says, "Here, Hebron, Jews, Arabs, okay." Good. Okay. Sometimes little fight, but okay. We here together. Jews, Arabs. Wow. Okay. And then he like waves to them. And wow. They, and they gave him and this look. What happened to their face? They're, they're, I, 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 it took me time to analyze <laughs> their face. And here's what their face said. Bro, 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 you're off script. Okay. <laughs> that is not what you need to be saying to us in front of him. What you need to be saying is occupation, yeah, this colonialism. Guy is, is- I can't see my me. mother. Okay, that kind of business. Wait, okay? were you actually walking on the same street? Yeah, we were walking the same street. So they weren't barred oh, from walking on that I street? I showed them. I, there was all these Arab kids walking past me. I'm like, New York Times one month ago said, or two months ago said, that Arab children cannot walk in the streets of Hebron because of the settlers. I'm like, this is so, <laughs> look, here it is. Look, here it is. It's like, here's a kid. Touch, you know, it's yeah, right there. Fluff it's, his hair. Yeah, <laughs> So anyway, it was it was really funny stuff. But many, of course, <clears throat> excuse me, most of my, my my tourists right now are just psyched, curious, interested, uh, pilgrimage to Abraham and to Sarah. 
We talk about matriarchs and patriarchs, obviously, and all that kind of stuff. And just endless people, Jews, non-Jews. Just I'm just everybody's coming out of the woodwork to to connect right now. And it's it's a very special summer. I call the summer of VIPs because everybody's like nice. a VIP. Well, which means if you're coming this summer, then that's you, baby. That's right. Absolutely. You're the VIP. Okay, Malka, I want to uh, shift gears for a second and just dedicate the show today to some, something. Yesterday, I went to a funeral of a d- very dear friend and somebody who I felt in my heart was about to become a dear friend and uh, a uh, surprise heart attack of some kind took him out. I had been chatting with him on WhatsApp the very, that very morning, uh, and that is my friend Sam Shmuel Solomon. Uh, and uh, he was a rabbi. He was a black belt. He was uh, a great businessman. Uh, his his full name was uh, Rabbi Shmuel Leib, a son of uh, Avigdor Mordechai. Shmuel Leib and Avigdor Mordechai, Sam Solomon. He was also a very well-known philanthropist in, the, in, the, in our parts. He was funny. Really funny. Really funny, really cute. He had a, he had a little bit himself... Uh, uh, a Woody Norris thing going on. Woody Norris. Woody Norris. It's 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 a it's a disease that Israel has, which is one part uh, Chuck Norris, one part Woody Allen. <laughs> he himself was was a kind of combination of uh, Chuck Norris, Woody Allen. But I would actually make him know. You know what? He w- he's like, I would say Chuck Norris slash uh, Allen. Um, what's the lawyer? What's uh, Dershowitz? Dershowitz. It's like he had a Dershowitz side. And he made a, 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 a he had a very successful business in jury selection, teaching lawyers how to select proper juries. He had the biggest like moot court, a fake courtroom in America, and they really like taught people how to select juries. And and very interesting, very Jewish, you know. And he built a beautiful house here in Eretz Israel. And uh, he was he was he, I was just at a wedding which that he officiated at. Officiated the wedding. He officiated it like a, like a like a like a ruv like a rav. Wow. You know what I mean? He did it like bidigduk with great you know a uh, 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 caution attention ca- to detail. Right, attention to details. It, it was wonderful. He did such a good job. He was funny and cute and and halachic, halachic. Wow. Terrible, terrible. It was, terrible. it was, it was truly uh, a terrible. And he was blow. like a, such a healthy person and yeah. such a like lively person. He would show up a lot at like English speaker, right wing type stuff. He had he had an organization called Chetz, which he dealt with a lot of European stuff as well, European jewelry and European cemeteries. There, they, and I was about to have him on the show, and I just toured him. Uh, together with some, uh, you know, strong people from America. And, I mean, I can only, I can only, in this kind of situation, I can only have, my, my only nechama, my only solace, is that when a person is like, God forbid, not killed. Right. And God forbid, you know, uh, you know, he got taken away. Right. He and was, so it's everything's like, fine, everything's fine, everything's fine. So Shem was like, okay. You know what I mean? And, and I still have his, his last WhatsApp for me at 6.58 uh, yesterday morning. And then at by nine o'clock he was he was gone, and I was at the at the summit at the funeral again uh, here in Eretz Israel. I think all over the world, but especially here in Eretz Israel, when the body is yet out of the ground, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of almost bitterness. Bitterness at such a loss. And I I I'll tell you the truth. I felt a bitterness. I did. I really I really felt a bitterness. I still feel a little bit of bitterness. Right. Well. Yeah. I still feel a little bit of bitterness. It was so unexpected. Yeah. And- you were you were kind of looking forward to developing that relationship, and instead yeah. it just got 
it just got cut off. And, 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 it's, and it's one of those things that just seemed Kivyachol not to make any sense. Yeah, it was. It was like a person who seemed that it was like he had so much more to do. Yeah. But evidently not. Um, well, uh, uh, you know, I hope that he selects the jury in the sky. Yes, and, for all uh, of us. Yeah, yeah he's up there selecting the jury in the sky. That's for, right. For I like all, that. For all of us sinners. Yeah. Down here. And um, <laughs> that's, that's good. I like that. Yeah, that's what I said to them. You know, yeah, but he leaves behind his wife and his children. That's right. I just, uh, I, I just, it, it just, it just. It hurts. It, it hurts. hurts. Yeah, it hurts. And I just, I, like, it, it felt, frankly, you know, there are, there are people who pass away and then it's like, you know, wow. You know what I mean? That's a completed life. Uh, a, a rabbi of mine just passed away just now. Uh, rabbi Simcha Wasserman. Chaim, Chaim Wasserman. Chaim, so, excuse me. Rabbi, rabbi Chaim, Chaim Wasserman. Wasserman. Uh, he passed away. He had a full life. Right. He had a full he life. A he, did, job, he did a beautiful job. He, he retired. He did a full life. So, so yeah, it's sad, but it's not tragic, and it's not it, it's it's not dissatisfied. You know what I mean? It's it's there's a satisfaction in there's a. Well, Hashem Hashem knows better. He does. He does, and he's the boss, and he's the giver of life, and 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 the taker away of life, or, or or the mover honor of life. I think is more correct. Um, takes away when you're when you're really bad. But the point is, is that. Anyway, there's you know how it how it is. Death death is uh is 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 so uh, final and so at least from our very 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 limited perspective in this world. In any case, I want to dedicate the show today uh, to Sam Solomon. He was a great Jew. You, that's what it was. He was just a great Jew. That's really what I mean. That's what I think of him. I think of him as a great Jew. And Rabbi Shmuel Leib Ben Avigdor Mordechai and the Shema should be uh, should have an Aliyah. I will say that I have a gut feeling. Uh, that I'm going to be able to do something nice in his name. That's nice. That's, that's my... I hope so. I've, I've put it inside as a goal. Do you I, know I, what you want to do? Well, I'm involved in the Tomb of Ruth and Ishai stuff, and he literally wrote to me two hours before he passed away about it. Right. So I think that I will... Uh, Maybe we'll be able to... Uh, I'd like to do you something. You know what? I don't, I don't know if this is significant enough. Maybe you want to do something more, but I feel like we need donations for like new Sidurim and Humashim over there. Just like things for people to use you know what you so funny you say that because you just reminded me of something that i totally forgot because there's so many darn things happening every day thank hashem uh two people asked me yesterday why there are no kipot uh yarmulkas skull caps or or yeah or head coverings at the tomb of ruth in uh for people to to, to put it in the tunnel so two guys yeah two guys asked two men asked me so I will. That's nice. Yeah, we should make a nice get Gotti to make a nice wooden box. I'll tell you something. I, I'm going to say something, which is I'm I'm going to you know I could get flack for this. I hope you. Don't. I do not require people on my tours when they go into holy places to put on anything. I don't like to say to women put on more clothes or anything like that. I don't like that. I don't like don't, don't cover your shoulders. And I don't tell men to put on a kippah. I don't do that. I don't do that. That's, that is your business. That's your not business. you, Ishai. That is you, the person walking in there. That's between you and right. God, and you make your decisions. I cannot be telling people what to yeah. put on the clothes. I just, it's against my thing. I can't deal with it. Okay, and so, but what, he's not saying to do that. He's no, saying, I don't walk around with a kippah and, uh, on a regular basis, but when I go to a holy place, I would like to wear one, and I expect you to provide it for me. That's what he's saying. He's saying, yeah. I would like that. Yes, I would you like want it. that? Not not your feet. Good, yes. very good. I should, do, I should have to, I should provide that That's for nice. you. That's nice. We should. So anyway, just just to thank you for reminding me. I've totally forgot about that. And, Ooh, and We should make Chevron kippahs, Ichai. That's true. And people could buy them. We should have a tiny vending machine. Right. Keep a keep a vending machine. Actually, that's not even a bad idea. 
No, how about we just make Hebron fund keep us and people will know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, a few more things, Malka, uh, on the list that I want to discuss with you today. Uh, we talked about the summer of VIPs. We talked about Sam Solomon, uh, Notre Dame we talked about. Uh, I uh, uh, am still on my mostly vegan, definitely um, not Planty. plant-based and, and what do you call it? Not, not, non... Like Whole Foods. Whole Foods. Not, what's it called? Not produced... Not processed. Not, not processed foods. Clean eating. I don't know. There's so Clean. many ways to say it today. So far, so good. I'm really enjoying it. I, I, but it would, I wouldn't be able to do it without you. You, 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 you know, they're, they're, you, you are the sweet potato of my life, Maka. And <laughs> it, really, it really helps a lot. Um, yes, I made you. I'm trying to make you the foods. I thought it would be a lot harder. You're also, it turns out, not so demanding in the like food department, food variety department. No, I just yeah. Like I, I don't have to make you all kinds of cool, creative, no, tofuy things. No. Anyway, I'm feeling I'm feeling better. I'm I'm losing weight. I still think that my liver is still a little too fatty. Uh, if you guys have any, you know, a good a good fatty liver advice. Uh, I'm always, you know, I'm always uh, game for that. So, so let me know. And of course, I pray for your health out there. And and people, folks, you know, you could send me if you need a, some somebody to be prayed for at the tomb of the patriarchs and matrix. Send me a, send me an email. Yishayishayfleischer dot com. Not a problem. You know what I mean. Uh, even if I mention it one time, Yofi. You know what I mean. It's good. And if you want to go and and dedicate a show like people have done in the recent weeks, um, you know, uh, 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 like my friend Tammy who who. Uh, Dedicated for Esther Batsara for, nice. for full uh, recovery. Yofi, let's do that, you know. Uh, th- there's a way to dedicate the show. It's easy. And uh, in any case, the point yes, is, is we that... we had the Silverman, the Silverman birthdays. Birthdays, that's right. That was really fun. Uh, we love that. We love your email. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. In, in fact, let's let's get to that, Malka. Let me, let me get to uh, some listener emails. We got two that I wanted to, uh, to talk about. First thing, we had a beautiful uh, coffee donation from Laura. Thank okay. you, Laura. And Laura bought me 10 coffees wow. at buymeacoffee.com. Wow, that's a lot of coffee. Yeah, buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai. Laura writes, there, I've been a longtime listener and appreciate how you and Malka invite us into your lives, sharing the land and the love of Israel with the world. Thank you. Thank that's right. you. That's right. Very good. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a longtime listener. When I hear that somebody, first of all, I just want to know, want you to know, if you're a first-time listener, Welcome to the show. That's we right. are so happy that you're here, and we will. Ho- we hope that you will continue to listen. You can always write in with questions, comments, suggestions. Um, and if you are a longtime listener, I have to say, every time that I hear someone's a longtime listener, I'm just like, wow, that is just the coolest that we have people out there who've been like sharing our lives with us and paying attention to the issues, the same kind of issues that we care about on a regular basis. Just awesome. So it's so great that you're listening. Thank and, you. And new listeners. Shalom and yes, welcome. Yes, new listeners were very happy. Medium listeners who are neither new nor old. You're also fine good. as well. That's right. You're fine as well. Okay, Maka, I got. I hear. Check out this email that I get. I get. I get weird emails in this world. Hi, Ishai. My name is Gabriel, and my father is a Palestinian Muslim, and my mother is an Israeli Jew. Get out of here. I have a podcast about the collapse of civilization. Ooh. I was curious if you would like to be on my show. What is? And and the name of the of the of the show is Cal- Collapsology. Like collapseology, okay. Yeah, you should <laughs> be on that show. Of course, I'm going to be on that show. But the that point sounds is, interesting. I'm like, wow, have, we want to hear that story. I but like just I I just thought to myself, I have a I have a podcast about the collapse of civilization. Okay, I mean, like, well, there's you know, the Jewish history is filled with the collapse of civilization. 
I guess so. I guess so. I think we don't collapse, and all the other civilizations collapse around us. The end. Um, my good friend Stephen in Texas writes: Yishai really liked the segment of the recent Yishai Fleischer podcast episode with the interview of your daughter Leah. One can observe the maturity listening to her thinking and speaking compared to an interview done some months or maybe in the last two years. It is a praise to God working through you and Malka, Aww. reading and applying the truths from the Tanakh, and seeing the importance of parenting teaching and encouraging your kids in God's way of thinking, speaking, and doing life. Shalom from Texas. Thank I, you. I, I do, I want to second what you just said, Stephen, and that is we have to, there's a new sticker in Hebron. Yeah, like a bumper That's sticker? a bumper sticker. It has two words in Hebrew. The berito. Ah. Talk to him. In English, three words. Talk to him. Just talk to him. And that's one of the things that I so encourage parents to tell their kids. Tell the kids, talk to God. A lot of times when my kids are nervous about something, I'm like, have you prayed about it? I don't even tell my kids. I don't even tell the kids that praying so much. Sometimes I say, did you daven about it? But I, I, a lot of times I say to them, did you talk to Hashem about it? Right. Even better. That's right. That's, that's, that's really great. Uh, and uh, Not that it's so easy to get answers all the time. I'm not trying. Like, let's, let's not be fake here. And suggest that when we talk about talking to Hashem, that we feel that like Hashem is just throwing answers at us all the time, and that we interpret them all so clearly all the time and always get it right. Yeah, no, 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 definitely, definitely not, definitely not, definitely not. It's still, it's, it's, it's a, it's a struggle <clears throat> for all human beings. Yeah, and God talks to us in clues, and He talks to us, in, and and He, there, and there's a reason why God talks to us in clues. And do you know what that reason is? No, because He wants us to make choices. But I'd rather not. <laughs> no, but he he wants us to make the choices. He doesn't want us to. And here's a here's a very 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 human trait. We yearn to abdicate. We yearn to abdicate responsibility. The number one most important word in in human life is responsibility. And the the opposite of that, which is the human tendency, is to abdicate responsibility. And that's why we have so many cognitive biases. We have tons of cognitive biases. There's books on cognitive biases. You can you can, by the way, just look it up in Wikipedia. Worth it to just look it up. The cognitive yeah, there's biases. a fascinating list of cognitive yeah. biases if you go onto I think Wikipedia. Yeah, and and, and you're like, whoa! One of the ones I learned about recently that they talk that a lot of like more mainstream people are talking about now is called normalcy bias. Where you're like, well, it's normal today, so it'll be normal tomorrow. Wrong. There, that is a bias. It does many, not have to be that way. There's many biases. And and part of that is because we're afraid to make decisions. We're afraid to take responsibility to think something through. And therefore, we want to abdicate. And working a problem through with God, with praying about it. And Rav Ar says that, that, that the reason that we pray for something is so that when we get it, we know it wasn't our strength that did it. Mm. Very important. Uh, one more uh, listener email, Monica. And I just want to say, though, that yep. another uh, listener, Gabriela Michel from Switzerland, also wrote in to me that she liked Leah's interview, Ishai. So we got to tell Leah that she did a good job. That's right. Well, she, it was interesting. She actually wanted to yeah, be on the really show. Yeah, she really wanted to be on the show. She likes being with you guys. Tammy from Colorado writes, Hi, Ishai. My favorite show are those with Malka. She always makes me laugh real hard, at least <laughs> once. Today, oh, man, that's so great. She goes, today was, we have paprika. That's what she <laughs> said last week. Three smiley cry faces. Leia was great, too. So smart, so sweet, and a delightful sense of humor. You are blessed, and you bless all of us listening. Wow. Thank you. I'm also from Colorado, like Ryan, whose letter you read on the show, Tammy in Colorado. You guys should be friends. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, oh, Tammy and Ryan. Tammy and Absol- Ryan. Absolutely, absolutely. That really happens a lot. That happens a lot. That the, like I'm like I meet like people. I'm like, do you guys know one another? You should. And and because if 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 you like me, if you both of you like <laughs> yeah, me, you guys should definitely no, if get you, to know each other. If you both like me, you probably have similar things right. that you like. Right. So you know, not everybody likes me. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. It's, yeah, it's true. It's really true. Can't be. Yep, yeah, I'm 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 um uh I'm loved in Europe though. Um. <laughs> Uh, what do you call it? Fine. So, so okay, Malka. Let's let's uh, let's wrap things up. We, All right. We have we have uh, you have well. A big speaking day. of wrapping things up. Yep. Um, we're wrapping up the school year. Yes. Here in the land of Israel. Yes. We had um a little bit of a rocky ending here because like over the last let's say seven days of school, there were like three days where the teachers went on strike. Uh, and it's the, really the teachers' union went on strike. Right. So therefore, the teachers went on strike. Right. Um, and I have to say, like, on the one hand, I support the teachers and I am always incredulous that education is not valued more and, and given more money. I think that, that you put money into the things that are the most important and like, what is more important than the education of the children? It seems to me like that is just one of the, the most important things that there is on the other hand. I felt such, I'm just being totally honest, okay? Because this is the show where you guys get to see inside our life. I felt such a rage inside. I was so angry. Um, and I I was kind of watching myself be so, you know, when you like try to have self-awareness. So I was like watching myself be so angry. I'm like, girl, you too angry, right? Like this is not, this is like not a reasonable amount of angry. And the, the reason that the teachers have to, to strike at the end of the year is because they have to like make it known to the government how severely they want this thing and like what they're ready to do in order to get pay increases and things like that. But I really felt that it was like exploiting the kids, right? Which are the students of these people, but that's the nature of the beast, right? In order to protest, they have to not teach. And then I realized that the reason I felt so angry inside is because of the last two years of COVID. Right. And all the things that the kids had to miss. So many parties. Alea was 12 during COVID. It was bat mitzvah year. There were lots of bat mitzvahs that didn't happen. It was supposed to be a year filled with like parties every week of girls having their bat mitzvahs. That like was minimized, minimalized to a large degree. Um, uh, Israel received his uh, first ever um sidur his own sidur parents weren't invited to that i couldn't go i sat home literally crying as he got his sidur and i wasn't able to see and just all these things right his prayer book and there were just all these things that i felt we had been and the kids had been locked out of and like denied and then to think that they were going to be denied their last days of school in like a nice, happy atmosphere in which they're, you know how the last days of school are. It's like fun. They do fun activities yeah. and field days and parties and, and like, you know, fun stuff. And that they, they were going to have it taken away from them. It sent me into like such an anger. And I had to like, cool. I was really fighting it. Anyway, the teachers are back from strike. And the last two two days of school are going to be the way they're supposed to be the kids are at school today so i'm happy but uh i see i carry a lot around a little bit of the uh covid trauma i want to tell you stuff. that i was amazed at leah's like eighth grade stuff like they put on a play that lasted an hour 
with like it was an right with like play. actually good directing like and plays, a good serious yeah. music everything then then she came out with this eighth grade like booklet like a they, yearbook they, the yearbook what a job beautiful they did. yearbook oh my god I was and thinking the kids myself, designed it themselves I know I was like I was like I don't think that we were they're even, like fourteen right well, I don't think we were anything approaching this level when I was a student young boy in in America. Well, the technology has advanced so much. It's, also, it's, it, it no, used to be that no, who could sit down at a computer and do something like that? You need like a serious professional. For anyway, that. I don't know. There's Today, you, there's like Canva and stuff like that. They did a great job, these kids. They really did, yeah. and 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 they are set to be productive people. Oh, listen, that's it. We cannot finish the this segment with that with that with that uh, story that you finished uh, that you told right now about the rage and okay, the school no, year. That's not. Yeah, and and it's a good point, and I appreciate it. But I must tell you, you just reminded me about how I want to finish up this like, part of the show. Okay. I recently volunteered to tour the IDF cadets for the um, officers' corps. No, not officers' corps for the yeah for yeah yeah for the, for the cadets for the next officers in Israel. Okay, there's a there's a famous officers' school. It's called Barachad, and everybody goes to that when you want to be an officer in the army. That's how you have to start. You start at Barachad, and I was going to tour them. I went to tour them, and I toured them at seven in the morning. Seven in the morning, they left Barachad in the Negev at four thirty in the morning. They got there anyway. Awesome, and I had a great time, and I started the tour off right. First, I asked them about themselves. By the way, this is the most important thing in a tour, friends, I find, is first, you tell me about yourself. I say, why are you here today? Tell me. Tell me about why you're here. Who are you? Tell me. I make, if it's 100 people, I still make them mostly tell me. Wow. Because it's important. Because then you establish that I want to hear from you. Right. And that we have a rapport. You're, it's not a frontal, I'm giving over stuff. It's like we're in conversation and I care about you and I and I understand you. Oftentimes, I tell people, I know where you're from or this that. I understand. Okay. Anyway, I give this tour and I do my thing and they're all happy. But they keep saying to me, is there going to be time for prayer? Is there going to be time for prayer? I'm like, yes. These, was this a religious unit? Absolutely not. It wasn't a unit. It was, it was a course. And, and they were so not for religious people looking. from all different all kinds parts of, of the army, all right. kinds of parts. And anyway, all kinds. And I like started seeing that they really wanted to pray. Then when there was time inside the tomb, the patriarchs, the matriarchs to put on tefillin, if there was an opportunity to put on, you know, the, the Jewish prayer. The word phylactery. I don't know where that comes from. It, it's Who not invented a, that word? It's not a good what word. What is a phylactery? It's, it's an avodazar word. That's is truth. it? Yes. Yes. It's not. It's what not, do you mean? It's like a, it's like a, it's like a charm. It's like, <gasps> a, it's not the right word. Stop. It's, yeah. It's, it's an incorrect, it's an incorrect word. Don't use it. Um, so tefillin it is. It's just tefillin. Just like, you know, it's a tefillin. So, 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 so. Okay, okay. So everything is fine and they're having a good time. And I even allowed myself, although they warned me not to get political, I said a few gentle political things. Political. Messaging of, 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 of strong Jewish rights. That's All it. Right. That's not so we did We did a great job. We had a great time with them. And then at the end, they're... Uh, now, now, I always don't know all these terms exactly. Hold on one second. I want to, 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 to look up Google Translate for a second. Okay, so so she had three f- bars as an officer. She was the commander of that group, and she was a seren, a captain. Okay, and and she says to me, "Are are you finished?" I said, "Yes." She, she thanked me, and everybody clapped. Everybody was happy. Oh, great! And then she gave him this tiny little speech, and it went like this: She goes, she goes, "This week's Torah portion was Shlach, and in the Torah portion of Shlach, we learned about the spies that went into the land, and they returned." With a bad report. Ten of them reported to return with a bad report. But two came back with a good report on the land of Israel. 
and they fought against the other ten. And then, and then they led the nation back into the land of Israel. Where do they get the strength? It was because of their connection to this place, to the tomb of the patriarchs, the matriarchs, to the connection to our history, connection to, our, to, to where we come from. And now we, as IDF officers, are going to need that strength. And that's why we came here today, to connect with this place. Wow, that's what she said? Yeah, I'm telling you. I was like, I was like OMG. I, I had my hair stood up on end. Um, and, uh, and I was just like, Wow. I couldn't believe it. She rocked them. And she looked like like the prophetess Devorah. She was like, a, the, you know, she was just had that Hebrew commanding presence. And I was just like, and she still looked like she was going to be a mom and everything else at the same time. You know what I mean? She I was like, Devorah a, was a mom. Yeah. I'm saying she was a strong Jewish woman. That's all I'm trying to say with the simple terms. And, and, and I was just like, wow. And, and I, and I, and when they left, I felt to myself, that whatever you see in the news is not the real thing. That's just the topsoil. That's just the covering on the top. But underneath it is rising a, a, a generation of faith, of strength, of belief. And I was like, wow. It's, like, it's not what you see is what you get out there. It's not what we see on top. It's really, it, that's just a crust on top. But it's not the real thing. Okay, there's a magma underneath it all. And it is going in the right direction. And I was just, I was given heart. I was given strength. That's I was, awesome. I was given strength. Uh, I want to give you guys strength out there. Oh, Malka, we, we got to add one more last thing here. Very big news. Uh, this Yishai Fleischer Israel podcast show that you're listening to is now joining the Israel365.com family. Wow, Mazalto. I'm very excited about that. And I've been in negotiation with them. And, and, and they are doing a great job reaching out uh, to the world. And also, especially to folks that I call the uh, International Torah Congregation. Uh, or community. I, I was going to say either congregation, community, or council. Or, mm. Council yeah, sounds no. a little elders yeah. of Zion. That's right. I'm saying now you guys can all have membership to the elders <laughs> of Zion. All I'm saying is, is that, is that uh, the International Torah community that's non-Jews around the world that want to be part of, uh, of, of, interna- of the Torah that comes from Zion, and it's for Jews that want to be connected to the Torah that comes from Zion, uh, from Zion, um, and it was my birthday last week, and as I was leaving for a big long day, I hit the radio, and we heard that the what's her name? Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. She was like, uh, "What did she say? The, the joy of my world is in Zion, right?" So I was like, <laughs> "Yes." Uh, so, so I just want to, uh, I want to, I want to thank uh, uh, the folks there, and I'm very excited to be part of the Israel 365 family. Part of the Israel 365 family is also Israel365.com is the Israel Bible found at theisraelbible.com, a great product uh, with Hebrew English, with transliteration, with commentary about the land of Israel specifically, edited by my friend Rabbi Tully Weiss, uh, who's the head of, um, uh, of Israel 365. And also now uh, joining the team is uh, Rabbi Eli Michelle and Shlomo Schreibman. Those guys are putting together a great, team of content wow that's exciting and a connection to the world and the Yishai Fleischer Israel podcast is going to be a part of that world as well I'm very excited about that so I want to thank Hashem for that and I want to re- uh, urge you to check out Israel365.com uh, and all the stuff that they do and, and sign up for their emails and it's great fun uh, I also want to thank the good folks of course at the Hebron Fund the Jewish community of Hebron we keep the mamas and the papas uh, in Hebron safe and strong check out uh, our, our site come on our best English language tour Israel, uh, hebronfund.com forward slash tour 
and of course, you can support uh, our continued efforts uh, to, to beautify and strengthen Hebron. And that beautifies and strengthens the rest of Israel as well. Uh, I want to thank the good folks at Prohibition Pickle for being so non-prohibitive in their pickling, okay? <laughs> and allowing us to have great Ashkenazi snacks uh, for Shabbat and keep us uh, all in, in a kiddish state of mind. <laughs> That's right. I'm in a kiddish state of mind. That's good. That would make a good shirt for them. That would make a good shirt for them. Kiddish state of mind. Check out their wonderful website. Is, uh, <sighs> so many websites. Uh, Prohibitionpickle.co.il. Check out jewishpress.com that put out our show and we're also part of the Jewish Press family. They put out our show. They put out a great email called the Jewish Express. Check that out, Jewish, jewishpress.com. A great content about uh, the latest news and issues coming out of Israel. What else? Oh yeah, Jay Brick. They put out awesome Jewish Legos. And I have Very a great, cute. I have a project I have to, in fact. They have lots of little cute projects that your kids can make over the summertime. Like a tzedakah box made out of Lego. A mezuzah, that's really a cool. A mezuzah made out of Lego. My son, Elazar, boy's room, yep. has we, a Lego mezuzah. We made the mezuzah case and we put a cloth inside and that's the mezuzah on that's our right. boy's door. So cool. Can't beat that. So thank Hashem for that. Uh, I want to thank all the folks that donate through uh, buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai. It's just that easy. It's like $5 for coffee. It's this way to show some appreciation for the show uh, and to buy me a coffee. And I appreciate the folks that, that give through that. Right. And um, we have donors who give regularly on a monthly basis. That's right. Through EshaiFleischer.com. Or through BuyMeACoffee.com. Or you through BuyMeACoffee, bo- bo- right? Right. But I really want to encourage people to go check out your website, Isha. You have a very nice website. And if and for people who like to listen, you can go through and you can see the archives of like everything. You can go back and click on stuff and listen through and see what we were doing on this, year, right. this day a year ago and, you know, uh, go enjoy all of our great content. That's right. I want to thank Hashem uh, for this great time and I want to urge you to come to Israel on a trip. This is the time to do it. Uh, buy a piece of property. I had a group yesterday of good folks from L.A. and they're like, Aliyah, yes, we kind of want to do it, but this, that, my practice, this, that. I said, buy a piece buy of property. Something. It's not getting cheaper. And the kids were like, yes, see, we told you, we told you. And the wife is like, I told you. And I'm like, and, and, and I looked at them like, I know you. If the wife says I told you, like you would do it. And I'm like, really? And he's like, oh, I told her. And, <laughs> and anyway, I said to them, just, just do it then. Just buy a piece of property here in the land of Israel. And of course, always urge you to imbibe the land of Israel through the wines through the soft drinks, through the Beastly's. You can get Beastly on Amazon. You can get Beastly on Amazon. Beastly on Amazon. Do that. Just don't yeah, even... You're going on a, on a road trip with the family. Probably not because gas is so expensive. But let's say for a second that you're going on a road trip. I heard Reformed Jews are walking to shul. <laughs> yeah, the, the gas prices are, yeah. Gas prices are so bad even reform Jews are walking to shul. That's it. I'll be here all week. Anyway. Yes. But you can, um, yeah, you can take some Beastly on the road. That's right. All right, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show. Lots of love, lots of blessings, lots of good stuff. There's more on the show. I don't even know what it's going to be. We're going to see what, what was going to happen the Surprise next. Surprise for us all. That's right. Surprise. So stay tuned. Stay strong. Stay connected. More great stuff is on the way. Thank you to Ben Bresky, Yocheved, Moshe Herman, Tabitha, and Lou when we're live for uh, getting the show out to the world. More great stuff. We'll be back. Maka Fleischer, you're the best. Have a great summer. Shabbat shalom and lots of love and shalom. Don't worry. The Ishai Fleischer Show will be right back, so stay tuned. All right, folks, we are back here on the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. And thanks to all the folks that make the show happen, including yourself. I'm so honored and proud to be broadcasting in your 
on your walk, in your dishwashing, in your car, wherever you're doing your thing. And it's a schut. And if you're with your kids, then I want to say hi to your kids and God bless you guys. And and uh, and the kids are, you know, the, the, the kids of the show, the kids that listen to the show and are part of it, that makes it, uh, uh, I don't know, very special. And you guys are awesome. And Next Generation, it's all about the next generation. we got to be passing uh, our thing on. It's, you know, wherever, whatever we've succeeded, if we can't pass it on, then it doesn't work. You know, every a generation who doesn't have it, we lose it for a long time. And speaking of that, uh, somebody who's a great uh, raiser of the next generation is my buddy Jake Bennett, who's in town right now. Uh, he's usually uh, found on Shlichut, on emissary duty out in Arizona and flying all around the United States, doing great work also for the IAC, uh, for the Israel-America Coalition. Coalition for Action. IAC Coalition for Action. For action. That's right, there Coalition for Action. And we, you are deadly tired <laughs> because... Because you have been going straight on this trip here in America, from America, in Israel, uh, hardcore, haven't been sleeping a lot, and been seeing a lot of things. Tomorrow you're going to an Air Force museum, no, an Air Force base, that's right, an Air Force, full-on Air Force base, I'm a little jealous of that. Uh, you've been, and not only that, I know exactly where you've been today, because you've been getting your hands dirty in Hebron, uh, building, building retaining walls, oh, and man. doing stuff, you were like... You were like in. I was like, I was touring other people. You were with me. I'm like, Jake, put on your good shoes and and then get in there and and, and uh, build build these walls with the masons, right? Absolutely. That was my my first time working with stone masons, and yeah, uh, I loved it. It was great. We're we're working on uh, the Keverut Yishai, the tomb of uh, Ruth and Yishai. Yishai is uh, is King David's dad, and Ruth was. Uh, um, it was his great grandmother. That's right. His great grandmother. Mm-hmm. Right, right. The grandma of Yishai. Um, so right there in Hebron, and uh, it was a beautiful thing. And as we're as we're moving dirt and uh, and making these beautiful terraces uh, for this courtyard area right outside, uh, right in between the two Beit Knesset, the two uh, synagogue areas, we're finding shards of ancient pottery, Byzantine probably. Um, Byzantine is a long time ago. That's fifteen hundred years ago. Yeah, and there were Jews in Israel, uh, and and certainly in Hebron, these places. Some people say that the real exile of the Jews from the land of Israel actually came in the Muslim period, because remember the Byzantine period. It's important to remember that's when the Mishnah is written in the land of Israel, and then even later on in the late Byzantine period, that's already when the even the Jer- Jerusalem Talmud is written in the land of Israel. There are Jews in the land of Israel. The right. first Muslim invasion comes in, and they really kick the Jews out. And the Jews are just and the place is basically desolate. They like they 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 make it inhabitable. I like to think that the real hardcore galut, which does not mean I don't mean the feeling of being exiled. I'm talking about really being exiled from the land is really. It's hardcoreness is a thousand years. Wouldn't you say though there's there's two phases to that exile because the first phase was the Roman exile from Jerusalem, right? So they allowed the Jews to move to Yavna to write the the Mishnah and Gomorrah. That's in the and they went to the north. So right? that exile from Jerusalem was an exile from from service at the temple and that's, sure the that's, temple was destroyed. The temple was destroyed. We were we were pushed out of Jerusalem, and uh, I think that was the beginning of a new phase in Jewish life. But as you say, there's you're there's totally right, and and it was it was a it was a kind of let's call it a chesed a kindness that in that phase of Jewish life, uh, there were hundreds of years where Jews were getting ready for full on exile, and also the Torah of the temple had basically been 
invalidated, erased, uh, it, it rendered inactionable. And so, and so the, the Jews sat down at Yavne and in the north to write down the law, to get it ready for travel, to get ready for, for disbursement, mm-hmm. dispersal, dispersion, okay? But the real dispersion lasted, let's say, from, let's, I, I'll say like this, from like the year 500 to the year 1500, right? So, so they were creating this, uh, this portable suitcase for, right. for Jewish civilization and culture that we could take with us. And as I was sitting today with you uh, for Minchah's service, uh, Minyan at the Marat Machpelah, the tomb of the mamas and papas, the, the, the Jewish family tomb, and we're reading Mincha and we're reading about the service at the temple. Um, you know, it, it reminded me that I, I wonder, I think a lot of people in our generation are so used to uh, morning, afternoon, evening service, and the liturgy that was created during that period that you were just talking about a moment ago, that, that they feel comfortable that that replaced what we were told to do. But when you read what the, what the Mincha liturgy is actually telling you, it's, it's a complete instruction Right. Uh, of what is supposed to be done, what we're supposed to do, what Hashem commanded of us. You know, my mom is uh, not only a Temple Mount activist, but also a guide. She went pro on Temple Mount, okay? I know. And uh, and I just had a birthday. One of the things that I blessed my mom with, I said to her, is that not only should you know where the places are and all the history of these things, I, 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 I bless you to also know the real action of the temple, the temple life. I'll be honest with you, I I wish I had a, a, a mentor for this stuff. It's not easy. And it's not exactly, you know, visual. You don't always understand or or let's put it this way, you need visual aids in order to understand it. A real consciousness yeah. of the of the temple. But but one thing I one thing I have in my heart, which is if I don't know all of the temple laws and its machinations, I know there are people that do. And that gives me a lot of nachas. That gives me a lot of feeling good in my heart because I know them. I know these people. And in fact, when I lived on the Mount of Olives, I was surrounded by those kind of people. I miss that. I miss that because there were some real Talmidei Chachamim over there. You know, speaking of which, I, I toured Mount of Olives uh, early this morning with your old neighbor, Josh Wander. And pal, Josh Wander. Uh, yes, guy. neighbor and pal. And, right. uh, and he... And he, teacher. I've learned a lot from him, so I should not just call him a pal. He's a real teacher. Yeah, he made the good point that a lot of people in this generation are studying... Uh, closely for the sake of learning um, so that they would be prepared when the day comes that the Beit HaMikdash is rebuilt. And uh, and he took me to a spot I had not been to before that was really special that I had, had read about. There's a, there's a story uh, in the... In, there's a story in the, in the uh, Gemara of... Um, of uh, it's, I believe it's Rabbi Hillel and, and friends standing at a point... Um, uh, somewhere on the on the hillside, looking across the valley at uh, the Harabait and the place of the Beit Hamikdash and and Joshua's, the Temple Mount, the and, Temple and, and the place of the Holy of Holies. Yes, right. And uh, and and Josh took me to this place, and he pointed out to me. Notice over here, there's no graves, and no one's buried here. This is all bedrock. Everywhere else, there's soil. Right. This is bedrock, and he said, this is the place which is described in the in the Gemara, in the Talmud, as the place where the Paraduma, the, the red heifer, would be shechted for the purification uh, ceremony. Um, and it needed to be on bedrock. Is this, is this part of the uh, Dominos Flevit? Yes. 
kind of a, there's, it's not a cathedral, not a church. It's a pew, uh, I think, and it's it's this it's ch- it's like a chapel. Right, uh, so a Christian, uh, it's a Christian s- site. site has been built around this place, and and uh, and he well, said that and and there's like a there's like a there's like a special little chapel there. You could see it. It's got like a brown dome, uh, and it's got also some Canaanite graves, pre-Jewish graves. Ah, there. that yes. I didn't see. Yeah, uh huh. Okay. Yeah, and it's got all kinds of cool stuff. And you're right. There's bedrock there. He pointed out that the reason that they would do it on the bedrock was that um, was that they didn't want the the blood from the uh, from the parao de ma the red heifer to seep down into the graves to create some kind of a mm-hmm. uh, some kind of an impurity for mm-hmm. the graves so they would do it in this in this in this place this bedrock um, That's and it was, it was a, it, yeah it was a, it was a it was a remarkable view so close i mean so close you could see uh, the harbite the temple mount well, that's the idea. When you when you did the paraduma, the red heifer, when you prepared it, you according to the Talmud, you had to be able to glance right into the holy of holies. And there's like endless math in the Talmud of like how many cubits and handbreadths, and exactly could you peer? It's under this gate, over this gate. Can you peer into the holy of holies? You had to be able to do it. It's interesting that we're talking about this because this week's Torah portion in Israel is Chukat. Which begins with the issues of the red heifer, and then it goes on to many stories, including the uh, famous hitting of the rock, mm-hmm. and therefore the news that Moses and Aaron are not going to go into the land, and thereby also presaging that there's going to be the death. And then inside the the Torah portion, both Miriam and Aaron pass away. Aaron passes away with great like a very dramatic scene because Moses Aaron and Eleazar go up the mountain and Moses and Eleazar come down now he's wearing the priestly clothes and the nation's like where's Aaron and they're like they know that their beloved peacemaker they're like the lover you know what I mean the one who creates Mm -hmm. love is is up on the mountain maybe where the Arabs say it is which is an area of above Petra in a place called Jabal Arun the mountain of Aaron, I've been there with my mom. Um, so, 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 so here's my theory: Why does the Torah portion begin with the red heifer? And hmm. one of one of Yishai's panted theories about Judaism is that much of Judaism is actually dedicated to longevity, eternity, continued vib. Viv- vivaciousness and and vitality uh the 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 fact that in Judaism the same word for v- the for victory is the same word as eternity netzach and that I I've, al- I've always found that interesting right yeah it's it's like because we don't we if we didn't beat you on the battlefield we'll beat you in the long run mm-hmm. and the reason we'll do that is because there are things embedded into Judaism that keep us plugged in close, tight to God and thereby keep going through the generations. And that's that's the marvelous thing that Mark Twain wrote about. He's like, that mm-hmm. is a mystery. What is his secret, writes Mark Twain. And, and there's a way to describe that thing. That's the red heifer. The red heifer is the Jewish power to defeat the energy of death. And the Torah lays out, it's like, it's like, listen, 
we got a, I got a secret to tell you. This is how we beat death energy. So you know you're, so you got this death energy on you? I can help you beat that. Here's the way to do it. And the truth is, it's almost like a, a broader topic, which is Judaism has a lot of ways to beat the death energy. Don't eat the pig. Wash your hands in the morning. Keep your sexual life in 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 a, in a very you know uh, um, tight and not too uh, licentious uh, path. Keep the Sabbath. There's all these things that 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 keep you healthy emotionally. Does not pass it on from generation to generation. All kinds of things that we do in order to pass it on and to remain alive forever, not individually but as a nation. And that's exactly what we needed to hear before we were told that Miriam and Aaron and Moses were going to die. Because if you hear that, you're like, wow, this is a heartbreaker. Wow, the big stars are going down. That means the whole thing is set. The sunset is setting. You know what I mean? You got to no. balance that transformation, that uh, that big change for the for the community with with a message of hope and life. That's right. And eternity. Yeah, eternity slash victory, Netzach. I'll tell you, um, it, it's it's a little piece of trivia and, and and kind of off topic, but I have a I have a tradition with my kids at home on Shabbat. We get uh, we get uh, elite milk chocolate, which is um, which has a picture of a cow on it, right? And it comes with red red packaging, and oh. the slang term for that chocolate is uh, is para duma right uh right like red heifer but it's milk chocolate in a red wrapper israeli so, milk chocolate israeli milk chocolate so we bring a little piece of israel and sweetness to the home and uh and on shabbat where uh, do you they, get it <laughs> we get it at the local supermarket they sell it at a lot of supermarkets around phoenix mm-hmm. so uh just a fun little uh that that's 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 great you know what you just totally added something to like something that we always talk about in the books of in the book of Bereshit, a lot of times we're like this Shabbat, uh, you know, have a rainbow, you know, like Mike, Rav Mike Foy has a rainbow meal, or uh, or or right, things for, from for Noah's yeah for Noah's Ark, right, for Noah's or, Ark he does the right or right, things from yeah. Shechem or or what else do we do? Gosh, uh, or we go to places like ba- like ladder, like like okay, this is the Shabbat of the ladder, so you know, make mm-hmm. a challah that's shaped like a ladder or that kind of thing, like right. like live the parsha. So I love what you're saying. This week's Torah portion. Now in America, it's the previous Torah portion. It's it's Korach, uh, and that's the Torah portion where Aaron stands between the uh, the plague. He like walks into the plague in order in order to show the love of 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 his love for the jewish people he stands between the dead and the living and he walks in the middle of death in order to 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 stop it by 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 bringing uh uh what's it called uh, incense mm-hmm. to god Ketorit. Ketorit. Yeah. yeah he's a dedicated public servant who puts his people above his own his own his own well-being his own uh he risks his own life and, and he's a model was, for he's a model that public servants today need to look at. That's more. right. That's right. But at the same time, you know what? He also he also made a mistake earlier, and that is his love of the Jewish people caused him to succumb a little bit to their like demands. And that's sure. the red golden, heifer. Golden calf. That's right. Excuse me, the golden calf, right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny I said that because the rabbis are like the golden calf, the the red heifer is a tikkun, a fixing mm. for the golden calf. The golden calf mm. is licentiousness. It's mm-hmm. now. It's pleasure now, right? The the red heifer is about eternity. It's about the Jewish way to beat the energy of death. So th- there's like a there's like a fixing going on here. Oh, but you're adding you're adding I think a great thing, which is this Shabbat, 
Buy that elite red chocolate. What's it going to be called if people look for it on Amazon or something? What's that called? Oh, just look up elite milk chocolate. You buy a chocolate bar. That's it. It's good quality stuff. It's the Paradouma. Right. And and we I have it with my kids every Shabbat and it's just a, you know, it's a reminder of uh of Yerushalayim and the need to rebuild the temple and that that's uh you know, the commandments that the Torah gives us are eternal and uh and the temple is not supposed to be just a fairy tale. It's uh it's a goal that's something that we should be working towards. That's so great. And it's just and you can get all that from just having an elite milk chocolate, the red heifer. Great. That's great stuff. Speaking of chocolate, another form of chocolate is found in ice cream oftentimes. Oh yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, you know, uh Ben and Jerry's, that's like the the ice cream that, that, that it's one of the ice creams when I was a kid it was different, but like okay now like that's that's the ice cream of our time. Uh and Great this big news today. Big news today, right? And you were highly involved uh, along with with Joe Sabag, who we're going to have on the show next week, and other people that are here involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I was watching uh, that on one of the lists that I'm at, uh, Mark Zell, who's, I think, the mm-hmm. head of... Uh, Mark Zell and Elisa Lewin. Uh, lawyers. Of the, of the Yes, of the Louis D. Brandeis Center for Human Rights uh, Under Law, were represented Avi uh, Zenger. Who's the Israeli licensee of Ben and Jerry's? Who's been, who's been building that brand here in this country since 1987, um, and almost exactly a year ago, um, he was asked by Unilever to stop selling uh, to Jews in Judea and Samaria. Um, and the funny thing is, while while this is a part of that infamous uh, international anti-Semitic BDS hate movement, um, Avi Zinger said no. He said Israeli law says I got to sell everywhere, you know, in Israel. You can't, you can't do that. And, and he didn't want to uh, boycott uh, the Jews here in Judea and Samaria, Samaria either. Um, but Unilever said, well, we've got no control over this. It's, uh, it's Ben and Jerry's social action committee. They get, to, they get to say what happens. But what we saw and what we learned within a couple of days, um, as we saw a public spat between that social action board of Ben and Jerry's and Unilever, the parent company, was that, in fact, the Ben and Jerry's board wanted to boycott all of Israel. And Unilever did intercede already, you know, from the get-go and limited it to a smaller boycott. Um, but this has been a big fight over the past 12 months. It triggered uh, anti-BDS laws, uh, with which we've been very involved in, uh, in, the, in that legislation. My colleague, Joseph Bog, wrote the very first uh, anti-BDS law in 2015. Um, and, uh, and over the course of the last 12 months, a number of states have divested from Unilever. They've suffered, even though their, their sales have been up and their profits have been up by 5%, they've suffered an almost 25% decline in their stock price. A company that's a $150 billion multinational uh, company lost about $30 billion worth of value, all as a result of them triggering these anti-discrimination laws of that that exist in 36 U.S. states, um, all for a little company. It's like the tail wagging the dog. Ben and Jerry's is about a, a 2.2 billion dollar subsidiary of this giant 150 billion dollar company, um, and yet they managed to erase some 30 billion dollars worth of value from this giant company. And over the course of all of this, Arizona divested, New York, New Jersey, Illinois etc. Unilever claimed throughout that they didn't have the ability to overrule Ben and Jerry's. Um, 
we we worked with a uh, with a couple of uh, of uh, Ivy League law professors, Fried and Weber, who who did an examination of the acquisition agreement from two thousand, who saw that in fact Unilever did have the ability on on things that affected trade and the business to overrule that social action board. We had a uh, we. We helped uh, resource state treasurers and CFOs who wrote letters to Unilever asking them to reverse course, and they claimed that they had no ability to do so. But two weeks ago, that lawsuit that that uh, that, that you mentioned um, on behalf of Avi Zinger, the Israeli licensee of Ben and Jerry's, um, went to Unilever, and and our our anticipation was that uh, was that a on the basis of those letters from state CFOs and attorneys general that Unilever would fail to in their efforts to dismiss the case and that b it was going to get to the point of discovery uh, at which point they would have to share their internal uh, documents and communications with regards to this boycott and it was going to become very clear the anti-semitism and bigotry behind uh, behind this boycott and and we expected them to reverse course we didn't know what shape that would take or how that would look. Would they fire the board of uh, of Ben and Jerry's Social Action Committee? Would they just overrule them? In fact, they ended up doing something much more elegant and beautiful. And this was uh, this came out just today, where they said they 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 asserted the the ability that we knew that they had that Weber and Fried pointed out to say. This is a business decision. This is not for the Social Action Committee. And they licensed the Ben & Jerry brand to Avi Zinger so that he can continue selling Ben & Jerry's uh, to all of Israel. And that's it. They took it out of that Social Action Committee's They, they actually hands. gave it to him like in, in total. They gave him like in perpetuity. Like they basically licensed out that thing. And it's like, he, like he, they're like, here you go. Do whatever you want. And we're out of this thing. And in 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 some sense, it's like even a bigger win that was kind of kind of expected. It was, uh, it was a beautiful and elegant solution. I'll read what Mark Zell wrote. Uh, he wrote, "The crux of the deal is that Avi Zinger now owns forever the right to manufacture, sell, and distribute Ben and Jerry's products in Israel, Judea, and Samaria, and all of the territories." Uh, this was a huge defeat for the BDS forces. The principal condition is that Avi Zinger can only manufacture, sell, etc., under the Ben and Jerry's logo in Hebrew and or Arabic. By the same token, Unilever is prohibited from exploiting the English logo in Israel, Judea and Samaria, and the territories. Avi gets a perpetual right to use all product formulations, etc., and the Ben & Jerry's packaging, including the famous Woody Cow. Avi has manufactured this ice cream now uh, since 87 under a renewable license, but now he has the right to do so in perpetuity. In other words, he now owns the business outright. This is huge. I'm in. BDS never expected such a result. Their campaign completely backfired. So the BDS hate movement, which has been trying and, and to... And I, I notice, they, I notice yeah. you don't say the BDS movement. You add this word in the hate movement. Because a lot of people don't know what it is. So, you know, it, let's, just, let's just be clear. Yes, I, I, I always call it the BDS hate movement because that's what it is. It's a, it's a movement whose goal is, is just to spread hate of Israel. That's a, you know, when it comes to boycott, divestment, sanctions, really they've had... They've had little to no economic impact, but they don't care because that is a tool. That's a tactic. What's their goal? Their goal is um, their goal is to isolate Israel, to alienate people from Israel, and they use they use these. Uh, you know, it, it's it, a narrative. It's war. a it's, it's a, a narrative, narrative war. war with with this economic like tool. It's one of their. It's one of the subsidiaries of the narrative war. 
-hmm. It is in fact a way to bully bully people who want to be friends with Israel. That that's a key word by the way. You just said bully because when they defend their movement they say, "Hey, this is our this is our free speech. You know, we're free speech people." But they're they're the opposite of that. How do they how do they try to achieve their uh their economic boycotts? They're not they're not asking people to go out and and uh and and make business based on their own uh their own convictions. They try to bully businesses uh, into boycotting not just Israel, but companies that do business with Israel. It's a bullying campaign. Right. That's their. That's one of their strongest tactics that they right. use. That's how they got Airbnb uh, about five years ago to boycott Jews only in Judea and Samaria. They were willing to do business with, with Arabs, but that was the nature of their boycott. Right. And, and all oh, that I, is to besmirch Israel's name at the end or make people afraid People don't know this. Uh, I try to explain this sometimes, but fear is a narrative. Be afraid to talk about Israel. Be afraid to go to Israel. Be afraid to connect yeah. with Israel. Be afraid to fly the flag of Israel. Mm -hmm. uh, that is a narrative that they want out there. That's a or it's a mafia intimidation. Yeah, it's, it's a intimidation. mafia style right. intimidation. That's right. Well, intimidation and coercion. But and yet today, uh, Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, uh, we can celebrate L'chaim with uh, some uh, red heifer elite chocolate and with some with some Ben & Jerry's what what is their flavors called the chocolate choco maco I don't know what it is I don't know but I'll tell you what I, I think every bite of Ben & Jerry's is going to taste sweeter this weekend because yeah. somewhere curled up in the fetal position sucking <laughs> their thumb is the uh, the head of Ben & Jerry's social action board who's an Israel hater extraordinaire um, who talks, uh, I mean, on her own website, you can go and, and see it. She talks about needing to end the occupation of 1948 right. of all Jews but, in Israel. By the way, by the way, if you ever deal with an occupation person, just first thing you say, just say to them, when does the occupation start? They'll tell you their truth, which was 1948, mm -hmm. which what they mean is Israel in toto is what they want to get rid of. Let's yeah. just be real. There's no two-state solution uh, business. Just, don't even use that expression. You know what? I, I've been telling people for a while. Let's this 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 phrase two-state solution is itself a kind of a manipulation. It's a partition plan. Call it a partition plan because that's what it is. Because it's not exactly two states. Because we already had a partition. What, what do I win when I say partition plan? What do you win? You win not not uh, not promoting the the misleading. Uh, nature of this word two-state. What are they saying when two-state? They're trying to say that the Palestinians don't have a state. But, hey, they got a state in 1922 when they got three-quarters of the, the mandate for a Jewish state. Um, number Talking one. about Jordan. Talking about Jordan. Yeah, sure, Jordan. Jordan. Right. That was the original partition plan. Right. But what you learn from this history of the last hundred years is that um, the the idea of two-state, of partition as a solution, uh, first it was... Uh, frankly, a British fantasy, and then it became a Jewish fantasy because the other side is not interested in a solution that includes Jewish sovereignty in any part of the land of Israel. How do you know that? You read what they write, you listen to what they say, you watch their TV, etc. There's been a consistent message on the other side that there's no room for a Jewish state. Okay. So... And, this and, and, this two-state solution that lies in that are, one, it's not two states. There's right. how many Arab states? 21 plus they want another one um, and the other is that it's not a solution because it doesn't solve what they what the other side wants and number three which is and they're not really on. calling for that 
Right. Look at their and the this other is the side most rejects it. Look at their paraphernalia. The paraphernalia. Yeah. The the Mahmoud Abbas, may God take him from this world. Uh, he stood in front of a giant Palestine mosaic map thing in Tunis, where they open up a so-called Palestinian embassy. And again, I point this out: its borders were the full land of Israel. So they're calling for utter destruction. I had a, consistently, I, I, and they haven't stopped. Look at within two group, weeks you know of that? the signing of Oslo. Where was Arafat? He was in South Africa giving a speech in Arabic, in Arabic, saying to the people, "This is not a two-state solution. This is a two-stage solution. Right. First, we get our state, then we destroy the Jewish state." Right. And everyone saw it. Everyone knew it, and people made excuses for him because this is this is the willful self-delusion right. when your enemy says i do not denounce my enmity and my war against those people and i will destroy them and you say well he's just got to say that for his base you've got a problem right or or i had this as i mentioned in the first part of the show i had this group of notre dame folks and they're just like they say to me they're like why do you use this term jihadism uh, you know, we met a lot of uh, Palestinians who uh, just want to live side by side with Israel, and uh, and uh, we didn't hear anybody say that they want the whole land and they want to ethnically cleanse you guys. So I'm like, here's a photo of a recent keychain that I brought from a bought from a kid. Okay, this is what they're putting out there. The kids are selling this. This is the mantra. And so don't and and I mean I mean and the haters just wouldn't wouldn't take it. But the bottom line is, I showed it to them prima facie. That that this is the this is what's really going on. In any case, though, but but you know there are moments, uh, and I've seen in my lifetime the time that uh, UNESCO lost and, and and the United States pulled out of UNESCO because of the anti Hebron decision. At the time when all the uh, anti BDS laws in the United States promulgated by amazing people, uh, including uh, Josebag. Uh, and Eugene Kantorovich and uh, your hard work and Mark Zell and all these good folks uh, kicked in. And and in fact, these guys have ice cream on their face. Right. Am I right? The, the whole the whole yeah. thing just the whole just thing just 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 turned around to them. And for for like just Bible believing people, it's like I will curse those who curse you. You know what I mean? It was just like it just like it was like this did not work out well. Uh, for yeah. the BDS folks, and it worked out very it's well. It's a cautionary for tale. Yeah, it's a cautionary for the tale. next big company. Yeah, that that gets strong armed and bullied and coerced into promoting discrimination against Jews right. and discrimination against Israel. Now we have to also do that war on the many other fronts of the narrative war, and there are many. There are fronts against the Bible, and there are fronts against archaeology, and there are fronts against. Uh, against a Jewish state and their fronts against the land of Israel as it's being taken away. And and you guys, you know, you guys put up a great and, and, and victorious fight against BDS, but we got to put up a fight just like that, if not much stronger, to hold on to the land of Israel because it's being stolen from underneath our fingers and we can't allow that to happen. God forbid, can't, can't allow that to happen. Jake Bennett, I want to thank you so much uh, for putting up that that beautiful terrace wall today in Hebron and getting your fingers uh, dirty and and, uh, and your shoes dirty with uh, with mortar. I had my whole body dirty. You were dirty. Yeah. When I got in the shower, the dirt the did dirt you, ran you, down the tub. To but the did drain. you keep washing it so it doesn't get stuck in the? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. Nothing, nothing's and, clogged and, up and, there. But and how was what's mortar in Hebrew? 
Oh boy, I'll tell you, that's a word I had to ask the the, the stonemason many times because it just wouldn't stick. And do you remember it's it? It's a tough word. Um, so in the, the end, we started calling it beton and cement because right. Uh, so so it stu- it sticks. I hope it sticks better. Wait, 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 wait. I'll, I'll give you a clue. It starts with meh. Melet. Melet. That's it. Melet. Exactly. Mem lamed tet. That's right. Melet. I just is... kept wanting to say it backwards or something. I don't know. That's... Melet. <laughs> Jake, you know, uh, uh, this show is made possible by a lot of different kinds of friends. Uh, first thing, we uh, are now going to be partnering with the Israel365.com folks that get the, uh, get, get the uh, story of Israel out to people around the world, including Bible-believing folks around the world. And so that's Israel365.com, what I call the International Torah Congregation or community, International Torah Community. That's the folks around the world that want to get closer, want to hear the news from Zion. Uh, so that's Israel365.com. And also one of their products is the Israel Bible, the IsraelBible.com. Put in coupon code Yishai, bang, 10% off. Of God's holy word, that's pretty cool. Um, where are you going to get a deal like that? Uh, and if you talk to me before I'm Kipper, maybe I could get you a deal in expiation. Uh, no, no, sorry. <laughs> uh, then also I want to thank the good folks at Hebron Fund for protecting the Jewish community of Hebron. Uh, and that is protecting the mamas and the papas, the first family of Israel, as you call it, the family tomb. The Jewish family tomb. You know, I, 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 I want to add something. I learned something at the, the Marat Machbelah today. Um, I learned something about the tefillin box that I did mm-hmm. not know, mm-hmm. that I had asked a few people when I was young and never got an answer. Uh, There's two kinds the, of shins. Yes. On the box of the tefillin, on, on, on one of the boxes, the one on the rosh. On the head. On the head. There's a shin with three arms. That's the, the, the letter shin. Uh, and then there's a shin with four arms. And so, um, so I had a wonderful conversation with a, a with man Yoni. named Yeah Yoni Yonatan Yonatan. Uh, yes, a Chabadnik from the land of Israel, a uh, a combat veteran of the IDF and of the Maglan Special Unit, who told me that the three arms of the Shin rep- represent the three Avot, the three uh, patriarchs, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the four represent the four Imahot, the four matriarchs, uh, Sarah. Leah, uh, Rivka, and Rachel. That's right. And Rachel. And that was that was a very cool thing to learn about the to fill in the prayer phylacteries that are worn for the word phylacteries is not a good word. It's, it's such a strange word. It's a, it's it's actually it means more like a type of idolatrous thing. Is that right? We don't have a good word for it, so let's just go with tefillin. Let's just tefillin. go with tefillin. They're prayer boxes with with leather straps. How well, about that? It's important mm-hmm. to know that the box itself is also leather. People don't know that. They think it's some kind of plastic or wood. Mm-hmm. It's actually hardened hardened leather and with, with a kind of shiny black. And they're housing. Maybe we mm-hmm. should use housing, housing. for Housing for parchments of, right. of Scripture. You know that I have... Um, yeah. uh, I don't want to limit anybody's gender roles. I really don't, okay? And I'm really open-minded and all that. Okay, not too open-minded. But anyway, <laughs> but you know, I, I, have, a, I have a saying that, that the... Phylacteries. Oh, oh, you use that word. The tefillin. The tefillin. The tefillin are the male scrolls because uh, men traditionally would go out of the house. So this was the portable scroll that you could take to the synagogue, and it was on your body. Mm-hmm. And women have the mezuzah, which is the scroll that protects their zone. And when we say protects, what it means is it, 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 it draws in God into your house when you put a mezuzah on your door 
and it and it uh, and it draws in God in on your body and on your person when you put it on. And so I made this like separation. Like this one is, and I, I don't want to limit anybody's roles if people are out or not out, whatever it is. But I'm saying this it, it one actually is, it actually expands for women. When my daughter asked me, Daddy, you know why why don't women wear tefillin? I said, Look at the door, you know. Mommy's got mommy's got mezuzah on the door. It's the that's right. It's the same Shema Yisrael. That's right. And exactly. uh, and that's mommy's, and she doesn't have to put it on because she's too busy doing everything that a mommy does. And right. and, uh, and and my daughter loved that. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. That, it's really I learned beautiful. something else about the tefillin. Yeah, that I'll share with your audience because you know when you learn something new, you want to share it. Sure. That the the rosh tefillin is uh, actually has four compartments in it. That's right. The yad, the one on your arm, has only one compartment. Mm-hmm. And so an explanation of this is that in our in our brains, in our minds, we might have many thoughts, and there are people who think this way, that way, the other, but we're all unified in one heart. So the one mm-hmm. that's on your yad, on your arm, is close to your heart. The one on your head is close to your brain. That's right. Very so that good. Was, that was a nice... Uh, we had a good prayer time today at the Marat Machpelah. That was very special, and then good work. And we were with our good friend Jeff Balaban, and it was a lot of fun. And his wife, and we had a lot of talks about what the flag stands for and what the state stands for. And we had we had a lively, really a lively day of um, of living, living it. You know what I mean? Living the stuff, driving in the roads of Judea beautifying it, seeing all kinds of Jews. Farty contingent came in to the Marat HaMachpelah, then a huge Hasidic uh, told us Aaron, told us Aaron, that's, that's, like, that's, like, that's like ultra hardcore, ultra orthodox Hasidic, you know, boys. And, and, and like, you know, with their like, with their super energy, what, what's the word I'm looking for? With their, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, this uh, frenetic energy that they mm. came in, like, you know, like, like buzzing around the side, the side of the tomb of the, of the, of, uh, of Ruth and Ishai. They were really into it. They were, they were really they were, into there's it. There's a lot of there was a lot of joy in the faces. And it's so amazing after such a short period of time after you began fixing up what had been a neglected and uh and, and really decaying area and turning it into a beautiful visiting place, how many people visited in the in the afternoon that I was there working with your stonemason building that retaining wall for the for the terraces uh, group after group after group came yeah. through, and I was amazed that they found the place. Yeah, they, they everybody loves to wants to come to Hebron, but they want something else. Now they want yeah. to go to the to, tomb of the patriarchs. The matriarchs they also want to see something else, and and this is cool and it's beautiful and new and it's spiritual, and and of course it connects the whole King David story to the story of the forefathers and mothers. The the Zohar already says that King David is the fourth in the wheel of the carriage. It's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and David. Hmm. And so when you look in from that lookout from the from the tomb. Of, of of the Davidic dynasty out into the Maratha Machpelah, you're connecting. And so my friend heard me give the, sh- the spiel, uh, Mordechai, the uh, Mordechai Hellinger, the Chabad tour guide and, and great, great, amazing guy. So he said to me, let's, he loved it. He said to me, let's call it the fourth wheel lookout. You know what I mean? Nice. The fourth wheel in the carriage lookout. Any case, folks, you are listening to the Yishai Fleischer show. And there was one more thing I wanted to say. What was sponsors? it? You, you, you I was going to talk about the sponsors. There's a lot of good it. sponsors. Um, There's the pickle guys. Oh, oh, that's right. I got it. I, that's right. We, Prohibition which, pickles. Prohibition pickle. Good. I want to see if you're listening to the show. That's good. Prohibition pickle. That's That's right. Jewishpress.com. Uh, my good friend Jay Brick uh, making Jewish Lego. But I do want to end the show today with a dedication to, and I, I dedicated in the last half, but I say it again. 
a lost friend this week where um, his neshama and his memory is still circling around me. I still, I haven't, I haven't consigned it and let it go. I, I still feel very, I feel, I feel like we must do something for the memory of this great Jew. Uh, and that is Sam Solomon, who uh, was, was just uh, a black belt in karate, a rabbi, a great businessman, a great thinker, a great philanthropist, which is a big deal. To be a great philanthropist is a big deal. And not just a person who... Yeah. People don't understand what philanthropists are. These are businessmen. Philanthropists. Philanthropist, philanthropist whatever. That, that like, yeah. right, that, like, this guy wasn't just giving out money. He had a vision yeah. for how to use money to make Israel stronger, and he was finding people to do that. And, uh, and uh, you will be missed sorely, uh, uh, Shmuel. Uh, Solomon and uh, Rabbi Shmuel Solomon. Amen. And uh, and may your neshama keep going up and be a melitziosher. May you be a, um, a a defender of the Jewish people and of a better world. Jake Bennett, I want to thank you so much. Uh, Bennett, uh, uh, the Prime Minister, just declared that he's not going to be running again. He's leaving politics. No relation. Uh, no relation. Well, some relation, right? Some relation. Well, we met. We've met a. We've met, <laughs> we've met a handful of times. Well, he's also the prime minister of the Jewish people. Well, that's it. That's it. Okay. You're, you know, so uh, <laughs> edit so. out that joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Israeli politics continue to do it. Does its thing, but the Jewish march uh, is unstoppable. Baruch Hashem. Thank you, God, for every for that opportunity. Uh, to move forward, and uh, may we continue to merit to be an eternal people. It's not it's not just a gift; it's also a responsibility. Uh, and God bless of you, all of you folks out there, part of the uh, international Torah community. Write me an email: yisha at yishayfleischer.com. Be part of the show in its various ways. Write us, uh, give us five star rating, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, spread it to your friends, uh, and most importantly, is this is coming Shabbat. Sit at the table with your kids. Study the Holy Word. Uh, and uh, and uh, say lechaim with a little bit of chocolate from the land of Israel or Ben and Jerry's and say Am Yisrael Chai. God bless you, folks. Jake, thanks a lot and Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Shabbat Shalom, everybody, and Toda. Oh yeah, and let's not forget Ben Bresky, Yochavid, Moshe Herman, Tabitha, and Lou. You guys are awesome. Shalom, everybody. Lots of love and blessings. You're listening to the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com, broadcasting the truth and beauty of Israel to the world.